Assalamu alaikum. Making sure she's calling. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, see these bloopers happen. Okay. Everybody, I'm just saying. I was just telling Omar it happens, man. It's just I don't put them out. <laughs> Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters and welcome to another episode of Buckle Up. This is the lockdown edition with everything that's going on right now. I didn't want to stop, uh, obviously, Buckle Up. And man, oh man, one second. I have the right introduction for this one. Uh, this is just incredible in every single way. I'm not sure if my guests will be able to hear this, but I'm going to give it a shot. So... That's the first thing I think about when I see, hear this incredible sister doing things. World champion, ladies and gentlemen, former Iraq, big up to Ashtar Al-Azawi. Make some noise. How you doing, sister? Salam alaikum. Alaikum salam. I'm good, bro. How are you? Bless you, bless you, bless you million times. Uh, I told you <laughs> Such an honor for me. <laughs> of this, this is a, a huge honor for me. I'm a, I'm a fan and... Uh, you are just incredible in every single way, fam. And really, you are. Yeah, and I always say this in our in, in my interviews. Like I, we have heroes, you know, and they don't always wear, you know, like it's not like the Spider Mans, the Supermans, you know, or whatever you see in the media. You, you're one of our heroes, truly. Wow. One of our hero, like physically, <laughs> one of our heroes. So I really, really salute you and uh, thank you so much for giving us the time right here on Buckle Up. Thank you, man. It's such an honor for me, and that's a massive compliment. Thank you so much. Well, it's the truth. Anyone following, and any actually anyone with a brain cell would agree with me. But okay, let's get into it. Um, uh, before we talk about the sarahatan, the 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 medals, the the achievements, um, the great things that you, you were able to do, which we're going to talk about, and how people can be inspired of that, I really want to kind of get to know the young Ashtar. Like they really, you know, before all of that, like, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. What do you remember? Uh, you were born in Moscow, um, you know, was were, was raised in, in the UK, um, you know, left family, left Iraq. Um, and but but anyone who sees you, you're always repping, of course, Iraq, you're Iraqi. And, and I see you. I look at Iraq. I see Iraq. I see the cradle of civilization. You support everything Iraqi. There's Alhamdulillah. Any, you know, you do all these things for Iraq. But how was the how was the young Ashtar like? Like how was tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, I was born in Moscow. Uh, my parents were studying out there. Obviously, they were like uh, refugees then. And uh, then we were also kicked out of Moscow when I was around six years old. Mm. Uh, we went to London. We were political refugees. So I think like most of my youth until like the age of 10, uh, we were just like moving around and trying to like just survive, you know. Um, as, but as, obviously, a young, as a young girl, you felt that? Like you, 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 you felt that? Oh, sense? yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 100%. It was, we struggled, you know, and, and both of my parents, you know, came from really good families, but, you know, circumstances. And it was tough, like the couple, the first couple of years in London, it was really, really tough. Um, but like for me, they're great memories. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know any better. So for me, like everything I remember back then, it was beautiful memories I have um, of, you know, where we were. Um, and then, yeah, obviously I grew up in London, I studied there, I worked there, and uh, I moved here around eight years ago. 
eight years ago you moved to the UAE. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think what's uh, you know what's uh, what's amazing about your journey as well is you know obviously there's always a why. People always ask a why, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You got into boxing, and um, yeah, you, know, you you had a you had an injury. Um, I wanted to ask. I'm curious to ask if if you hadn't had that injury, would you have still continued in boxing? I think so. Hmm. I think so because I remember when I was in boxing, like I was getting ready for an amateur fight in Dubai, and I was on it. Like I was waking up to Muhammad Ali in the background, just like shadow boxing in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was living in my own little. <laughs> And yeah, I think like for me, I just, I wanted to go out there. Like I, I think I had something to prove mm. to myself. Um, but obviously the injury was really bad. I was in crutches for like almost six months. Oh, and man. I was like, man, I don't want to go back to this. I'm done. Uh, and I was watching a lot of videos on like self-defense, martial arts. And I, something like attracted me to jujitsu because I was just like, man, You know, if I like, if someone was to like come up to you in the street behind you and just like knock you out and you're on the floor, what are you gonna do? Like get up and like, <laughs> you know, stance up? No, like mm. you're on the floor already. And I, I and I thought about it and I saw it and I was like, man, this is such a realistic self-defense martial art that I I want to like dive into, mm. which I it, did. Yeah, it's exciting. It's interesting that you say that. Um, We, 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 we all live life. We, we don't know what's going to happen. But the fact that you, you know, obviously we're, we're thinking that um, I, I really don't want to I don't want to I don't want to remind you of things that, you know, obviously that, that, that happened to you. But I know for a fact that there was, you know, an incident that happened in, in, in London. Was that was that something that really pushed you to really take this even more seriously? Like when you had the boxing yeah. and you had the injury, did you start looking at, at, at jujitsu then or was it more after that, you know, incident? Um, so I think for me, you know, like a lot of people hear about the incident in London and I know there's a lot of question marks around it, mm. but I think for me, it was, I think boxing brought out too much anger mm. in me, whereas jujitsu gave me peace. Wow. I made peace with it. You know what I, mean? I want you to repeat that again, because <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, like for real, boxing like it, it, it brought out a side of me that I I actually wanted to like get out of me. Like, Halas, I don't want that anymore. I want to get rid of all that anger and I want to make peace with everything. Um, mm. And yeah, jujitsu gave me that. It wasn't like the first day on the mats, obviously, but the journey of getting to know myself gave me a lot of peace. And I think um, like uh, yeah. In, in what way did it give you peace? That's amazing. Because it's all like when you hear people talk about jujitsu, it's a very obviously, you know, I, I don't. Okay, I'm going to say something. I don't know. It might be controversial, but that's all I'm about, I think. Uh, okay. In, in Arab media, they always refer mm. to it as, you know, al-anifa. And it's like, you know, it's like mm. it's a, you know, and I don't know. It's just at the end of the day, it's a sport, right? Like it's not like, a, you know, yes, it is. Like, would you really consider it a violent sport? Like, would you would you really say mm -hmm. that? Not at all. Yeah. You know, there is something like a lot of people when they get to know me, they're like, man, I can't even like imagine you fighting because I'm that girl that will just like hug you before and after. I've been told off so many times to like not talk to my opponents. Oh. But like I've been in situations where man, I could see how nervous they are. And I'm like, 
man, she's like me like two years ago. I wish I could just go hug her and be like, listen, we just have it out and then khalas, we'll go eat, you know? <laughs> yo, yo. So that- like, it's not, it's not, it's yeah. not a violent sport. It's a technical sport. Yeah. You know, I go against girls that are like 20 kg heavier, stronger mm. than me, you know, and it's a technical sport. It is. As soon as you feel pain, you tap out, it's done. No ego, you go home, you work on it, you come back, that's it. I love that you said that. Wallahi gave me goosebumps when you were talking about that, I think, because that's a, that's the experience, uh, you know, that that's actually talking. Um, Ashtar, the first fight, the first, you're practicing. You're, you're you know, you're, mm. you're, you've done that, khalas. The first ever fight, officially. T- take us through what's going on in your mind here. <laughs> The cameras, the people, obviously your opponent, you, yourself, your journey kind of flashbacks of what's happening. You know, you're representing your country, uh, you know, your parents, family. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to make you live. Uh, it, it, I'm yeah. Just talking about that and I feel emotions rushing. How, how yeah. about you? I mean, I think on the, listen, I think on the outside, what people were seeing was just like, oh, that's cute. You know, like she's, she's just started, it's her first fight. But in, in like behind the scenes, it was like messy. It was so messy. Uh, I think mentally it was really messy for me. Uh, uh, obviously, like I, I still, you know, uh, suffer from like great trauma of like the incidents that happened in London. And for, for people who are listening and who don't know, um, I was a, a victim and I don't like to use the word victim very much, mm. but yeah, I was a victim of uh, domestic violence. And I think when I came to the UAE, I just sort of like closed that door, never spoke about it. And I just had this new identity where like I could be somewhere where no one knew me. I didn't have to ever bring it up. And then I started to go compete and something happened to me where I was alone with my thoughts. Like I would go on those mats and it was just me and myself. And I couldn't even like see my opponent at that point. It was everything that I, it was the way I spoke to myself, how I thought of myself. I could hear everything so loudly. It was almost deafening and I was not present in the fight. And I realized at that point, as much as I tried to act like a strong fighter, man, I was so insecure. I had so many issues to deal with. And for me, jiu-jitsu was just therapy. Every time I was on those mats, that was the only time I knew how I really felt about myself. So when I talk about the journey, it's very difficult for the people watching to understand because you know, and I say this a lot and people get upset with me and say, no, you should talk about your medals, but it's, man, it's so much more than I medals. I, yes, I mean, you know, yeah. no, I hear you, fam, but every single word that you said right there, every second, I kind of relate to it. I never really played professional sport. For me, it was mm. basketball. So it was like yeah. basketball, 4 a.m., 3 a.m. in the morning, playing basketball on my own, just, you know, trying to shoot, um, you know, and this is what it is, imagining things, talking to myself. Sometimes I play basketball without the ball. It happened a couple of times. Uh, where people wow. think I'm crazy, like I'm just actually, you know. Um, so for me, uh, you know, um, man, you know, I I respect you even more right now that you said that. Uh, you know, uh, my, my sister, I swear to God, you have. Um, there is something. I think about- it's important. Sorry, I think it's important. Like for me, I think for a very long time, 
uh, I tried to cover things up a lot, you know, and I think I, it started to spill out for me. And I think it's important for women in, from the Middle East to really talk about dysfunction, things that shouldn't happen. We need to like stop covering it up, you know, like, oh, you know, what are people going to say about me if I talk about it, man? Who cares? Oz, that's like, the word. That's, you know, Oz, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, um, I think, I, I think, you know, I, I see. I come from the background where, for me, it has never been. You know, I, I, I do music since 2007. You know, actually, this is something in common between you know me and you. Uh, I got, I got introduced to uh, Yasin Salman, Narsi. Shout out, mm. uh, always. Shout uh, out know, to Narsi. Of course, uh, Omar Ofendim. Such an inspo. Mm. Loki and Shadi Mansour. These are the four kind of artists that inspired me to launch something called Revolt back in 2007, and then hence launching Saudi's first and only FM hip hop radio show, and then you know going on. Um, with with the with, with you with you fam, there is like I've I've never seen this male and female thing. And I kind of want to kind of talk about it, even in art. A lot of people would say, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, three, day, three days ago, I really got into it with a guy who said she's good for a female art, artist. And when he said that, I got really furious. Like, what is it? What, is, what does that mean? Yeah. What is it actually? What does that mean? Like, so I had and he's like, well, why are you angry? I'm like, I'm super angry, actually, you know, like and I think you, you discussed a couple of things over here. You said it's OK to be kind of vulnerable. It's OK to show and it's OK actually to be angry about things that maybe make you angry. I don't know. So when it comes to you, fam, and, and I want to try to talk about it in a different angle here, because I know a lot of people have talked to you, especially about this, this female and male thing like this is, first of all, it's a it's a contact sport. It's a, like you said, it's a technical sport has not, you know, like you, you said that you're fighting with people uh, you, you're battling people 20 kilos heavier than you. Um, why why would one, for example, a couple of things over here, why would one even talk about body shaming in a sport like this? Like, because I know you talked about it before. Why, why is that even a discussion in your own opinion? Why is it even like something? Uh, in my opinion, I think there's a lot of uh, lack of education when it comes to sports. Um, a lot of people have it twisted, like they, they have an image and, you know, social media really can just mess you up in terms of what you think an athlete should look like. It's very easy to manipulate people, you know, but athletes, you know, we're, we're not rich, we're not famous and, and, and we're not fitness models. So like, yeah, my page might not look appealing to a lot of people and maybe people will look and be like man she doesn't look like an athlete but they get appealing see what is appealing me like that's what i'm saying to many yeah yeah so like okay I'll, i'll give you an example like a lot of the people that follow me are from iraq most of them are between the ages of 20 to 35 and i get so many questions as to how come i don't look like an athlete and my question is what does an athlete look like and nine out of ten times it's a fitness model and i i literally said i could be a fitness model but i couldn't fight if i was one so which one is it you know and there's nothing wrong with being a fitness model no, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. great for the people who want to do that but my, I, it's what i can do with my body it's not what my body looks like you know there's a lot i can do i'm healthy that's the most important part you know like you're healthy uh, longevity Mm. what can i do with my body you know what am i doing right now you know so 
I think that's really important, and a lot of people uh, feel a lot of pressure yeah. from being too skinny. You know, I have a lot of friends that get you know shamed for being too skinny, too tall, too too fat, too too whatever. You know, and Yo, I, I think you're you're talking everyone. Uh, yeah. In, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think like we need to just stop putting people into boxes. Hundred percent. You know, la- look at the accomplishments. Yeah, yeah, man. It's like look at the 100%. accomplishments. I mean, when I worked in the station in Saudi, there was an ad yeah. that says like this in, in Arabic. It says like, it, it, that's how it started. It's like inta double inta, inta double tilbis double. You know, that's what it said, which means like you wear yeah. double X. I'm like, you guys like that's. That's ridiculous. What does that mean? What does that even? Yeah, you know, I have a friend of mine who plays actually professional basketball in the states. Uh, she is actually, you know, seven feet tall. Um, she wears like, you know, four XL. You know, whatever it is. Like that's not. It's not the indication of whether big or like you said it. It's the most important thing is the healthy. Your 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 mind is healthy. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I just think, fam. Uh, and again, not to put it on this part of the world, especially our region. Even when it comes to autism, fam, I have a son who's autistic. He's my hero. They still use the R word on him, even in mm-hmm. Arabia. They use that. Yani, they use the word sorry, yani, muab. And I'm like, huh? And I go on the TV, and every chance I get, I even was with LL Cool J just a couple of days ago, and I said autism is not a disease. And I got messages from people. Actually, someone just messaged me. He's like, I just saw you on LL Cool J, and the fact that you said autism is not a disease, I am autistic, and I felt so proud at this moment. And I'm like, bam! You wow. never know who's listening. That gave me and goosebumps. <laughs> you never know who's listening. And again, with you, fam, you never know who's watching. Yeah. And 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 Michael Jordan, I think, said it best. He said they asked him one time, "Why do you play?" And he said, "I play for that kid." You know, six, you know, fifty, forty thousand people watching. I play for that kid that never seen a game in his life. You know, he he. You know, you never yeah. know. Um, so I'm thinking with you when you when you're on the mat when you're about to fight, does that really cross your mind that you're also fighting for, especially you being as a as a woman, you're fighting for that young girl, who's right now maybe fighting demons inside her mind, maybe going through the same thing that you went through, maybe her parents are against doing this, but she really wants to do it. Are you fighting for that in that fight? Are you thinking like that? Um, so in the beginning, to be honest with you, no, I was fighting my own demons. I was, you know, Truth. but I think as as soon as I joined the Iraqi national team, which was about, I think it was in 2017, 18, yeah, 2017, I had a whole purpose. Like uh, everything changed for me, mm. and uh, knowing that I was the only woman, I was, I was like, man, there's girls back home that are gonna watch me. And they're gonna be like, "Hey, I can do that." So I need to like really, you know, focus on this. I had a goal, I had a purpose, and I think that's the most important thing. Like in our sport, you need to have a goal, you need to have a purpose, and then everything else aligns. Because there are gonna be days where you don't want to go to the gym, you don't want to see the people, you don't want to smell the sweat, you just you don't want it. But once you have a purpose and a goal, that's what's gonna get you up. You know, knowing that you know I have women that are relying on me to show like hey look she did it that means i can do it too you know do you, do you get messages from from sisters like that like you know yeah, DMs yeah. or emails or you know um maybe it's something yeah. you can share with us i mean i know it's um because again you know what, what you're doing 
it's also you know physically people can can also watch it's not only you talking people can see the determination i can see the light right now from you uh i can see inspiration i can see authenticity i can see realness this is i've never you know even met you and i can see that and when somebody when you watch your highlights when you watch the way you fight when you watch the way you are the fact that you even said right now to me that you look at your opponent and you feel that she's nervous. You feel like you want to go there. Like that's class act. You're, you're classy. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I, I get like a lot of people just tell me like, star man, you can't be like this and you can't. I was like, why man? Just let me be, that's me. Like that's what, I'll be known for that. Khalas, I'm that weak one that's not just no. going to give you that stare before the fight, you know? Like I just want to be myself and 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 you know it doesn't matter it doesn't matter hamshi like there's compassion mm. there's respect and that's that's martial arts like it's respect it's compassion and it's zero ego you know and i never want to be ever in a place where i'm talking out of ego or i'm acting out of ego or being not myself you know mm. um but coming back to like the girls that dm me yeah, yeah. so um especially in the beginning i had a lot of girls like messaging me from iraq from muhafadat i don't know how you say that in english but like very yeah. closed uh, areas in iraq mm. that they were not not in baghdad but in areas um where there there are no gyms for women like women can't even go to a gym wow and yeah. they're like 17 16 18 years old and they're like Oh my God, we saw your videos. This is amazing. I wish I could do something like that. And that just kind of crushed me. Wow. Because, wow. you know, with the whole situation in Iraq right now, there's only so much, you know, there's only so much I can do from here, you know. Mm. Um, yes, there's jiu-jitsu starting to open up in Baghdad. There's nothing available for women yet, but we are working really hard behind the scenes. And I can't touch too much on that because with all the corruption that's going on, it could get, you know, stopped if I talk about it. But we are working on stuff. Um, however, national team for women, I have a bunch of girls that I found from all over the world that do jujitsu, uh, from beginners to intermediate. And, you know, I got them all on a WhatsApp group. Uh, we're actually going to go on a Zoom call like this week. Wow. Uh, and they're all they're all like yes we want we want to fight we want to compete we want to be part of the national team and you know maybe today i'm on my own but like a hemshi is i pass that torch on to someone else i think you are already fam you are already you know? I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about you i've heard a lot of people get inspired by you they're not you know and you never know again who's watching um fam um wow i'm just like fanning out right now uh okay طيب. um you know okay so with everything that you just said right now uh and just for the people who might not know what sort of barriers would would some of these girls face like okay you for example you were you know raised in london uh in the uk you had you know you had your situation and then you were able to do it maybe for other people right now tuning in maybe they don't understand what kind of barriers would an iraqi um, you know, women or girl face. Uh, I know because I, you know, I'm from Saudi Arabia and I've always been very vocal about this. A society without the involvement of women is not a society. Like that's like, like that's not right. 
And I've been really, really vocal about, in my case, supporting, for example, women in the music scene, pushing them really and, and giving them really the platform they deserve. It's not something I... So for people who are listening right now, what are the barriers technically? You know, obviously you said there's no gyms, but the mental barriers, the cultural barriers that we're talking about here. Yeah. So talking out of experience, you know, especially for any dojo in the Middle East, you know, I've, I've trained in the UK and outside and it's very, very different. Mm. Um, but in the Middle East, I feel that women really have to prove themselves. You know, um, when you're on that mat, you're going to have to work three times harder than any other guy to prove your existence on that mat. You, you're going to have to, you know, there's been many occasions in uh, past clubs that I was in where, you know, if there's not enough mat space, it's the girl that will wait until there is, you know. Um, Nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, and I've been, I've been. Does that fuel I've you? Trained... Start, like, just I'm talking about this point, we'll go back. But does that fuel you? Like, like that would be like Man. really anger time right now. <laughs> you know? I, I think, like, people who know me uh, know that, you know, for a couple of years, I was very much known as the girl that just, you know, shut her up. Because I would just speak out and that would get me in a lot of trouble and cause me a lot of problems. And I just wouldn't, you know, like, from being told like, no, you can't come because you're a girl. No girls can train here. And I'm like, well, that doesn't even make sense. So, so you know? I'm really sorry to ask this, but really you've been told that, like you you can't come because you are a girl. Like that's mm. the sentence. Yeah, yeah. That's nonsense. So, um, yeah, why, I've why, been, why my journey has been really crazy because like, I felt like, wow, I found, I finally found something yeah. that was like therapy for me. And I just felt like it kept, like someone was trying to take it away from me all the time. And it was just like, I was holding on and on and on to it until like, I just felt at one point, they were like, man, just have it, <laughs> just take it. You know, I didn't give up. Um, and it was very difficult. In Abu Dhabi, it was much harder because there weren't that many clubs. Uh, now, you know, they're starting to open up clubs and stuff. And, you know, I'm so happy to see like, massive women team UAEJJ did a great job mm. um, I, I have to like definitely you know give them a shout out for that out they did them. a great job um, with having like all female national teams and they let expats in and that's great but back then it wasn't like that I was in, in different academies I would walk in people would look at me I would get comments from like people like guys like don't you want to get married? Like, why are you here? You should be in the kitchen. Like constant, for them it was a joke, but you know, that stuff really starts to like play in your mind, you know? And for me, it was, I was just always angry at all of them. <laughs> I was like, the only way I'm going to get my way back is just to beat them on the mats. And for me, that was like fueling me. Like I need to choke him out to show him who needs to be in the kitchen. <laughs> You know, but drop the mic. So. Like I swear to God, look, I even got Woody right here. He's like, you know, saying salute. You know, um, I, yo, this is. But saying all that, I mm. I want to add one thing: the academy and club I'm in right now treat me like a queen, uh, and I really big shout out to Commando Group. I'm you know the only girl on the team. And I'm respected so much on that team. You know, none of the guys go easy on me because I'm a girl. Mm. They treat me just like one of the guys. That's the one. I mean, 
they, they call me bro <laughs> that's how deep it is I mean, like they just get <laughs> yeah i mean look listen you know for me that's the way it should be of course big up to them but i don't think we're doing anyone like you know a favor when we do that that's the way it should be it's not something it that be, yeah. it's an oh it's an added value that we respect mm-hmm. you know that or subhanallah you know even talking you know you know yeah when you even talk you know um islam and stuff like that you know like it is it is actually you know islam liberated women I mean, uh, I'm sure course. people know, like before Islam, you know, uh, you know, when, when when someone would have a girl, they would bury the girl alive. This is what it is because of this, you know. Yeah. And then the Prophet, peace be upon him, came came in and said, "That's that's the, what do you what? No." Um, so for wow. me, that's one. Yes, there are some countries. Sadly, I started, you know, like they, you know, um, that you know, especially like I said, where I come from, from Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of you know stereotype. I get this a lot. I'm from Saudi. And the first thing I get was like, oh, yeah, you treat women really bad. And it was like, you know, it's it's really been that fight even from my end to see like, okay, you know what? There is definitely that stereotype, but I can show you right now a lot of sisters out there how they are dealing with 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 this and how strong they are you you wouldn't say that so again you know i shout out to sisters like all over the world you know battling different things you know you're battling your thing the fact that we actually gonna sit here and talk about battling for me sometimes though kind of annoys me a little bit fam like when you say when you say oh you know like we have to fight three times more it's the same thing for 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 a rapper who happens to be a female Arab I'm talking about first of all she has to fight hip-hop as a culture like oh they think it's that you know yo yo what's up I don't know that's that's one (laughs) and then she has to fight the fact that she is a a female rapper who in even in the states that there's a problem with that they just released top 50 MCs none of them were females like where's the Queen Latifah's where's the MC lights like don't do that and then third Arab (laughs) so like um I see I see what you're saying fam here yeah i think on your third point as an arab i think this is something that i try to talk about a lot especially with the iraqi girls is yeah we have some great uh jiu-jitsu athletes outside in the us brazil that we look up to right but like as arabs growing up until now we've always looked to the west you know we always look up to the west and i think it's people like you people like me people who are doing great in whatever majal, whatever, you know, route they've decided to take in their life, need to think, I want to be that person that you look up to. Or, you know, there are people in our region that you can look up to. And this is where IQ Pro X comes in, um, where I, like me and a a partner of mine, Yusuf, who has pro players for football, Mm. we're like, man, you know what, let's, Let's do this platform where we get all the Iraqi athletes that have made history. Okay, let's talk about them. Let's give them some light. Let's, you know, have interviews with them. We started a show in Iraq Mm. called Challenge X. And I have heroes in Iraq now. I look up to them. You know, I look up to, you know, some of our sprinters that I've seen, the weightlifters. And I would just love to see more women obviously but you know i'm really glad you know we have some great athletes in jiu-jitsu from brazil from all of these places and without them we wouldn't be where we are but it's time to start making room mm. for inspirations from our own region yeah 100 100 um 
Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, your name was kind of elected to join the women's committee in the Asian Union. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Where'd you get that information from? I went through some <laughs> tweets, fam. You know what I mean? <laughs> wow. Yeah. But 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 tell us about that. Yeah. Like that's see again what people don't understand. Okay, you're 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 on the mat, you're practicing for, but also the fact that you're taking it, oh wow, now we're committee. Oh yeah. Like it's you know, you're actually taking it taking it to where it matters, to the root. Um, mm-hmm. you know, how important or like you know, how important is that, Aslan? Um, honestly, like it wasn't on my mind or anything. Um, I was asked if I would consider it. I thought about it and I was like, yeah, like, why not? Of course. Um, So, yeah, it's very important because I think when you have your, again, I talk about goals and mission and your passion, or if you want to call it your ikigai, uh, when you have that, everything falls into place. Mm. You know, if you have a mission, and you're very clear and people can see your mission, I think you start attracting the right leads. You start attracting the right, you know, people will look at you and say, okay, listen, she is for women. Um, I think she would help. And I was asked to, I didn't even think or consider it at all. Um, And I was asked to, and I was like, yeah, for sure, you know. Um, And I went to the first committee meeting. It was very interesting. Mm. Um, And obviously this whole corona virus shit happened and I was um, I was just like where from here you know yeah um, but I think, so I think that was again, the last meeting yeah I think it's important that you know that you're you're, 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 you're there I mean you know very like even you know internally um, you know like, from your passion somehow it seems that you are willing to kind of sacrifice everything uh, for for, for women, uh, you know, for winning or for a history moment or, you know, just for, for proving yourself as well. What would you actually be like? What's the sacrifice here? And is it all worth it after everything when you look at it? Is the sacrifice actually worth it? Um, you know, it was very interesting. I was speaking to a very good friend of mine. She's a black belt in Jordan, uh, Rana Qubbaj. And we were talking about this. We were talking about, you know, talking about real issues that are happening to women in the Arab region. And there was a split second when we were like, but you do realize we could potentially get like thrown off. But at the same time, we would open a door for questions and investigations and Mm. whatnot, you know? Um, And I think... You know, I'm I'm willing to take that bullet if it means the next generations are gonna be able to be elected to go onto federation teams, national teams, be able to you know train in the same training hall and get the same treatment as you know the guys. For me, sitting back to watch that, knowing that this is gonna become an Olympic sport in in the future, man, that that's enough for me. That's that, that doesn't have any, yani no medal can come close to that, you know. Um, it's all great, you know, I love competing, I love doing all of that. But my true passion is empowering other women, getting more women on the team, uh, giving women, you know, the, the chance, the, the choice that if this is what you want to do, all the doors are open to you. And I will make sure of that. And don't worry we have your back because when i started this man i was 
bullied and thrown around left, right and center by, you know, men who had a say in the community and they were really um, taking uh, advantage of that. Mm. And you, I had no one to go to and Eshtiki and it was just a bunch of men that were just like, huh, huh, silly girl, go away, you know? So you're I think this is really... You're not, one, you're not silly. You're proven that you're really dedicated. You're proven that you're... Um, but again, just I, I don't want to really uh, talk a lot about it. But the fact that you, you had to go through all that, for me personally, I think... It, you know, it is what it is. Like, it's just, you know, like, you know, it is um, something I, I, I'm not able to understand, Saraha. Like, till now, I kind of have these discussions with myself. Like, why? Why? Because she's a she. She had to go through all this. Like, I never really see it that way. History never. repeats. Yeah. And History go, repeats. Exactly. Exactly. This is something that, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, especially, you know, sisters and women um, went through. Uh, fam, you, you have impacted a lot of people. And I always say this in every single show. Uh, there's an old uh, Bedouin proverb uh, You know, a human being with no impact has no life There's no trace So you've yeah. impacted a lot of people already um, You're a hero to a lot of people But who's who's your who, who do you look up to personally? Who are the people that inspire you personally? Uh, who do you look up to? Who, who inspires you? Uh this is going to sound cheesy, but 100% my mother. You're, like my mom. That's not cheesy at all. Why? Of course. Yeah. Al- al- like Jannah just watching my mom. Ma'at, that's one. Uh, you know, ummak, 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 thumma abak. It sounds not definitely, of course. Shout out to her. Yeah, for sure. Like my mom, just watching, like for us, you know, the struggle of being refugees from country to country and just watching her, you know, real hard work dedication doing everything in her power like just watching a strong woman in front of me and seeing all the struggles she was going through but she would still get up every day you know she would give it 100 like she gave so much and so selflessly it was so selfless you know of her to do all of that and i think for me like seeing my mother you know working you know my mom was an actress uh so yeah. back yeah. in Iraq, you know, like back then in the 60s and 70s, it was like, no way. Like you can't do, you can't do that. You know, that's already the, revolutionary. Went, that's already groundbreaking. Yeah. Uh, you like, know, uh, shout and, out to uh, Sundus. I know she has a show called The Groundbreakers, you know. So yeah. Sundus, I love Sundus, man. Yeah. Sundus and uh, Yasin, my biggest in- inspos as well. Mm. Um, another inspiration, I think for me is Narsi. Uh, I see that, Sam. I see. I love. I love the fact that you know, for me, musically, that that why, like, what what is it about Yasin that you connect with? Okay, music has always been a big part of my life. You know, I was a big Wu Tang fan. What? You know, like nineties hip hop for me was. Okay. I'm just stuck there. You know, like I, I don't really like all. That's this a good place hip-hop. to be stuck at, if you ask me. Yeah. To stay there. So when this revolution happened. I, before the revolution, I didn't really feel a connection between uh, the Iraqis outside, the Iraqis inside. There was a big gap between us. And I feel that there were some key players during the revolution, one of them being Narsi, and many of them like Sundus, a lot of artists, photographers, photographers uh, yeah. filmmakers, you know, they played a really big part in gapping, uh, uh, bridging the gap between us and them. 
and uniting us and talking about the struggle. Like when you listen to Narcy's lyrics and the struggles, like that's me. Like I, I, I connect to him and he talks his truth and he makes everyone feel like, well, me in particular. I feel like, yeah, man, like I can, I can just be true to myself and, and all the struggles, like everyone went through a struggle, whether they were outside or in Iraq, you know, there is no, there is no comparison, obviously, like with every war that they had to go through, but we, we felt their pain, you know, and, um, I think like this revolution just, it was the most incredible thing that I've ever felt. I felt part of a family. I felt like I, I, I felt like I met my tribe, you know, this is my tribe. I say to Sundas all the time. I say to Narsi, I say like to all the people that I met through Shakumaku. the revolution. <laughs> Shakumaku, yeah. Ahmed, like I've never met Ahmed, man. We talk every day, you know, and I, it's just, it's, Shout out to it's them, humbling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's really beautiful uh, to hear you say that. Can I ask you a question um, mm. that I don't know? How, for some, like, and I think a lot of people, like especially like Narsi, would relate to that as well. A lot of people who are like, you're Iraqi. Uh, you've never been to Iraq, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. No, never. Okay. So some people would still say, like, I, I hear this from Sudan, for example, like Sudanese people, mm. Sudanese artists that I love, who've never been to Sudan, but always rep Sudan. There's always a little voice coming in from Sudan or Iraq. Hey, you out there, you don't know how is it like to live here. I, yeah, I appreciate yeah. what you're doing. I like what you're doing. But hey, you know, it's when you live here, it's harder. I'll give you a context. Uh, contest. Context? Context. Of my context. Context, exactly. Um, for example, there's a couple of female Saudi female singers, like, you know, um, um, Rotana and Tum Tum. They're based, they're Saudi based in LA, right? Los Angeles, really open, really, you can go crazy, do whatever you want. But there are also female Saudi singers based in Saudi that didn't have that leverage. And there was always talk about in the media, always Saudi female singers, and they would mention these two, for example, but they're based in LA. And the voices yeah. coming in from Saudi were like, we love what you're doing, but it's really harder when you're in the country itself. What, what do you have? Do you understand what I mean? What is it that yeah, you 100%. might say about that? Um, honestly, if, I, if I'm completely honest about this, I haven't really had women uh, come and tell me this. I think just because I'm in a very different majal, uh, I'm in a different area. I'm in a sport that hasn't really surfaced up in our country. But I get a lot of messages from very young guys and I completely understand where they're coming from, where they're like, yeah, of course, you know, you live in the UAE, you have everything. Oh yeah, of course, because you have like an unlimited pot of money, which is like far from the truth. <laughs> but, you know, and I understand they feel very, you know, especially with the past governments, they feel very frustrated. They don't have a future. Mm. But I think for me, um, it's just staying busy trying to pave pave the the mm. future for them it doesn't matter what they think now i think it's a responsive a social responsibility for everyone and i'm sorry to put that kind of responsibility for you know whether it be saudis or whatever i think it's a responsibility for you to pave the way 100 you know legacy is everything yeah it's it, legacy is everything and that is a legacy so i think it's all about paving the way for it's, them regardless of what they think 
It, it's crazy you said that because in one of uh, when I was like, you know, digging on your tweets and stuff like that, you said something. <laughs> I'm important. not big on Twitter, by the way. But, you know, this is what I saw. <laughs> I know uh, it is our duty to open doors and become obviously great role models for the youth. And uh, I think you 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 just you know prove that you, that you, that you are you know you know that. Um, طيب, when see, I've done a lot of interviews with 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 Arab TV you know networks, and it's always like always about. طيب, كلمنا أكثر عن الهيب هوب. إيش هو الهيب هوب؟ وكيف بدأ الهيب هوب؟ ويعني إيش كيف إيش؟ You know that vibe, you know. And <laughs> I mean, I get Trust it. Trust me, I've been there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know I've seen a couple. Shout out, shout out. But I mean, yeah. does that you know, like you know, again, because uh, I know it's not something that we like, you know, in jujitsu, uh, you know, when, te- when people tell you what is jujitsu, and what is it that you have to obviously, you know, reply back to them because you're also an educator here. People didn't know, for example, that hip hop had like you know five elements or whatever it is. Didn't know that hip hop actually started as a voice of the voiceless. Um, you know, so. When you're asked questions like this, do you feel like do you what 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 goes on? Like, oh, do you feel like okay? Hey. So, we had this conversation before, and I was telling you like I think a lot of the mainstream media already have a, a vision of where they want to take my message, my vision, and everything. Like, and it's very difficult because it gets misinterpreted. Mm. Um, and I always like I'm very careful that they don't put me in a box where I'm this person disconnected mm. to you know because it's very important for me to always have that connection with my people 100%. you know yeah and I feel that a lot of mainstream media try to disconnect you to put you in a box to make you special they ask very um general questions are, like it's very, very the yeah satiyan, general and you know? satiyan, exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. exactly satiyan, like and it, It's the same thing, and it's a problem. You don't never get to the deep of the problem, and you know throughout this 40 minutes now that we're doing this, you can tell that it's a lot of you know mental things. It's a lot of you know barriers, cultural. Um, yo, this you're 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 raising a, a country on 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 your back. You're putting it on your back, and actually you know going. So, I, I there was I, one I, interview. I have I have to say this, and if they're watching, they know exactly who they are. But I was one interview, no names. Uh, I took my Iraqi flag, which I have here. Always. I took my Iraqi flag, the same mm. one that I always have up mm. um, when I win. And there's like a little bit of like dry blood on there. And the lady okay. was like, oh, no, we, we can't show this. It's a little bit dirty. And I was like, oh, no, no, this is oh. I don't wash my flag. Uh, I keep all the blood, sweat and tears on it for like life. Right. And she <laughs> and I remember I was sitting in the studio all done up and sitting there so uncomfortable and stiff and she was like oh maybe did you just like put some blood on there on purpose or and man I was like I just want to I want to get out of here like get me out of here I was in the middle of I I had no idea where I was and I just thought man this is what I'm never doing again I hear like I hear you thank you you so much for sharing that fam well it's not easy to share something like that but that's see but again okay See the West maybe would take this story and make it like a it's it's a big deal the fact that you have that the fact that you never wash your flag right you know that for me I'm listening to this I'm like mashallah alayki yani what a, what an honor like what you know I don't get some people I don't get it what what is it about yeah. you not washing your flag that <laughs> what see that's that, 
Yeah, I, I'm not gonna get controversial. <laughs> Why? Right now, but again, but, yeah, yeah. But again, you know, it it seems to me. Um, actually, I'm, I'll say it. When you look at uh, <laughs> ma- many of the leaders, especially in the Arab region, right? And I know it's something stupid and small. It's like they they show the same picture 20, 30 years ago when when whoever yeah. the leader was really young or whatever it is. Like there's no. Be proud, Danny. I don't know. This is something totally different. But be proud. Like you, folk, you have this. You're raising the flag. You're in. Actually, it reminds you of all the fights that you've been into. You know. So for me, fam, um, yeah, Allah. I swear to God. Every time I talk to you, it's like you know the battles that you had to go through and what did you have to do. Um, I, I think these battles are not like obviously not just in sport. It's in a lot of like a lot of Arabs in general like go through these issues, and I think it's a collective. Uh, struggle yeah but you know like um as long as we have these kind of discussions and conversations you know uh i think it will really help the next generation the next line of rappers artists Mm. martial artists these conversations are very 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 important to have i think uh yeah i just feel really kind of silly right now i want to take a 30 seconds break there's somebody knocking on my door and i don't want no worries to knock again so ladies and gentlemen we're gonna be right back with the one and only <laughs> stay tuned okay ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters we are back uh, sorry i had to take that break because somebody was like kind of knocking on the door right here um but it's all good okay um i'm gonna say a few things right now and you would tell me if i'm right i'm just gonna want to talk about world champion european master champ uh grand slam champ two ice asian champ Madrid champ, uh, Zurich Open. Did I miss anything? Uh, these these are the these are the gold medals. Yeah, we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple more like Abu Dhabi, Abu Dubai, Shaka, mm. like the nationals. Um, yeah. It's it's when when someone speaks about this, and and I know you spoke about it a lot before, and you 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 were very vocal about it that the medal doesn't really. You know, make you. It's actually the, the 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 journey and the process of becoming who you are right now, and I love that. Um, but do you think that because you have these right now that you, you you've proven, you know, or or what is it that you still have to prove? What is the fuel inside you after all this? Like when I talk to when I talk to Narcy, for example, right? Not to go far off, he always tells me like there is nothing I need to prove anymore, even when people tell me. Like, I need to rap in Arabic. I did a whole album in Arabic called Energy. Done. Like, don't, yeah, don't tell remember, me. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you move forward. Do you, do you still get people telling you, like, hey, you know, you still have to do this? Like, do you still get that? So, you know, like I said in the beginning, when I first started, I had a lot to prove. Mm. And they were the times I, I really wasn't getting any good results. Like, yeah, as a white belt, I was... I was getting a few gold medals. I was new. I was fighting with people who were new. But when I moved to the next level, my next belt, I wasn't really doing that well because I think my goal was like not the right goal to have, which was just to win and become a champion. Mm. You know, that was like, I want to prove that I'm the best. And I think in jiu-jitsu and in martial arts, you'll never be the best. There will always be one, per, you know, you. It's a. it's a constant, you know, um, and you might be world champion today, but tomorrow someone else will take the world championship. So it's it's not about that. And I think when I let go of all like judgment of people and of myself, mm. when I no longer cared what people, 
what people were thinking about me, what people, because, you know, that's a lot of competitors really fail at that point. And they think like, I'm nervous. I'm not a good competitor. I think if you sit with yourself and, and you think about how much you think about other people judging you, mm. that's one of like the biggest issues uh, a lot of competitors deal with. And for me, I got to a point where like, I didn't care anymore. Like, I just wanted to go out there and have fun. Yeah. And wow. as soon as I started having yeah. fun, mm. like I, I was on a roll last year was my best year. I, I got my world championship. I got, you know, the European championship, which is a really big deal. Like if we, if we think about it, yeah, oh, I'm Iraqi, I went to Europeans and I got, you know, and, and I want to say in this video to all those people in the Arab region that keep downplaying no that person got a european championship because they're a master oh that person man unite stop this you know like i see this a lot the arabs between themselves yeah downplaying everyone's achievements man when you guys start to unite and start empowering you're gonna see some big results and i see this a lot and i i always wanted to talk about it not so much with women but i see it a lot with the men they mm. say oh yeah she was in the masters so that's why she became a champion because yeah i'm fighting people my age <laughs> you know Truth. yeah it's realistic yeah so yeah i wow. my last year was my best year and i think last year was the year where i was just like i'm just gonna enjoy this and i'm gonna flow mm. no expectations i'm gonna put in the work and that for me was my confidence that i put in that work it's crazy that you say that what you just said right now is it hard to reach that level where you just want to have fun as a competitor? Because you you hear yeah. the greats talk about it. Like everyone talked about this. Muhammad Ali talked about this. You know, and I think he's one of the greats, of course, athletes in any sport, human beings. And I think when you say that, is it hard to reach the level where, you know what, I'm gonna go have fun today, but still dominate while having fun, you know? Yeah. Is it hard to yeah. reach that level? It is, it is. And it wasn't a level that I, I came to by myself. I did a lot of uh, research. I read a lot of uh, books. Um, I listened to Firas Zahabi, if you know who he is. Um, yeah. he, what? He's wow. a MMA coach in TriStar in Canada. Yeah. And yeah. I listened to a lot of his talks on the competitive mind. And there was something that stayed with me. Uh, and it was, he said, if you're nervous and, and you go into a competition and you feel like you might lose, it comes back to the work that you put in the gym. So if I'm going to the gym every day and I'm giving my 100%, 100%, I go home every night and, and know that I gave it everything, I, I'm not gonna doubt myself. Whatever mm. happens, it's fine because I gave 100%. And I started to give that 100% and I started to tell myself, you know what? You're not nervous, you're excited. Yeah. I was psyching myself up. I was having fun. I would see people. I was like too excited. Like people would see that it, when in the in the mats before the competition, like I'm seeing friends, I'm, I'm talking, I'm laughing, I'm psyched up and it was completely different. And I love it, I love it, I love it. Doesn't matter what the result is, you know, even between fights, you know, I see people, I'm talking, how are you doing? It's okay, whatever. Like, I enjoy it now, which is like... Yeah. I, I wish I, I wish I there that. was a 
secret could give, but there isn't. Like you have to yeah. understand. And again, I think you there's know, no recipe for it. Everyone has their own kind of uh, you know journey. Um, but, but again, I, I really want to thank you for your time, fam. Um, just a couple more questions. Um, when it comes to um, self-defense and how you know how people should you know view that i i know that you come from a you know you take this really seriously how important is teaching you know especially young brothers and sisters right self-defense generally like you know how i know you're vocal about this um you know in terms of like putting that in school do do we have more in school like i remember when i was in school the self-defense that they gave us was was like an added value was like one hour in a week or whatever it is and it was just not right, you know, and so what are, what are your thoughts about that? Does it have to be like, you know, really kind of forced on in the curriculum, maybe in schools? Yeah, and that's what they're doing here, which is, you know, it's beautiful to see that um, because not only does self-defense, uh, you know, teach you how to defend yourself, but it just, it gives children a lot of confidence. Truth. Um, and I've, you know, and they've implemented it here in every school. It's compulsory. It's part of the curriculum. Mm, um, that's great. And I think it, yeah. And I think if you don't, you know, do your time in jujitsu, uh, you fail your year or whatever. Um, so it's wow. very important. And yeah, I think it's important. a human right for everyone, men and women. Everyone should know how to, you know, we're primitive, you know, we're, we're domesticated mm. beings, you know. And we've forgotten our, you know, we're we're supposed to be outside. We're not supposed to be, you know, caged up in boxes and stuff. But like for a human being not to know how to defend themselves, no, like that's wrong. That's your human right. Mm. So I think, you know, as much as I push for women, but I think men also need to learn how to defend yeah. themselves. As, I, I yeah. think, yeah, I think 100%. And it's really interesting you say that as well, fam, because you, you talk a lot about the mental aspect of it in terms of like what you need. And again, I go back to Michael Jordan when he said like basketball is 80% mental, 20% physical. You go like, what? One of the greatest basketball players is saying that. You go like, yeah. And then you go through what they go through mentally, this mental thought of winning, like Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, and many others. Like, what is it that you inside? It's such a, you know, so for you, how is it like in your mind? Do you have that battle in your mind? Yeah, yeah. Like for me, I think it's so important to have these sports in war-torn countries because it's people of the struggle that need it the most. This is their therapy. That's the best thing you're going to give them. This is the best form. You know, sports will get you out of so many problems. Do you know our suicide rate in Iraq, you know, before the revolution was so high. I don't have the numbers, but super high, you know young people killing themselves because they just feel like they have no way out bringing them a sport will give them hope passion goals you know will discipline them will give them confidence will give them drive and you know this is a basic right you know and champions aren't built in five-star gyms you know they're built in those rundown places you know yeah, Allah, every time, every single drop the mic, yeah, he jib mic, and poof, drop it. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, Allah, you are, you are inspiring in every single way. It feels to me every time I want to try to end this, it keeps going and going. So, uh, um, subhanAllah, you know, the, the, the cycle is just crazy. Tayyip, um, um, I'm not sure if you'll be able to, uh, if, you, if you're comfortable talking about this, but, you know, let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's go. Um, okay. 
You can always edit it out if not. No edits. <laughs> Buckle up, no edits. That's the no thing. No edits. edits. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> so get ready. Okay. No, I'm just saying that. Okay. So you, you went through your journey. You're still going through your journey. You're doing all this stuff. But the thing, and again, I'm speaking from experience, is what actually sustain you in terms of like, you know, living life. You know, are you, a lot of musicians, for example, don't depend on music. Financially, I'm talking about to, you know, to to live. You need to live. You need to pay rent. You need to do this. You need to do that. How How is it working? Like, how is that support coming from you? Are you able to live off of what you do, for example, 100% or no? Um. So first of all, like a lot of people think that I get sponsored. I'm not a sponsored athlete. Um, the our federation doesn't support me financially at all mm. um and it's expensive if you want to be at the level of world world class mm. you know so i have a day job you know i've i've been in my job for almost 10 years you know i work in corporate i work in investment <laughs> you, you work in investment see that it took us 45 minutes to get that out i mean it's my fault you i guys, do sorry. i work in investment investment and, um, what <laughs> yeah, crazy. yeah. I, I work in investment and, and that pays for everything that mm. it sustains me as an athlete. It helps me go abroad and, and compete and stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, but would I don't you, think would you rather my... to would you rather to, st to to leave that world and 100 percent depend on on that? Like, or, or you know, is that's difficult to reach. But if you're giving the chance, would you do that? Of course. Yeah. 100 percent. Like if I could. I mean, at this point in, in my life, I think if I had the option maybe, you know, earlier on in my career, yes. But I think at this point, my goals have sort of moved evolved. to, you know, yeah, it's evolved and, and I see a different direction. I could still be part of the corporate world and, you know, sort of put everything together. Mm. But I think for athletes, you know, in jiu-jitsu, a lot of jiu-jitsu athletes are, are broke because uh -oh. they have given 100% to it. They're young. They've taken big risks. And jiu-jitsu isn't like NBA. It's not football. It's not an Olympic sport. You don't get that much prize money. You make your money from seminars. Uh, so mm. it's a poor man's sport for now. Uh, so It is what, sorry? It's a poor man's sport for now. Can, can I say something? Pregnant. This is very, very interesting that you say that. A couple of days ago, just a couple of days ago, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Swiss Beats. Mm -hmm, of course. Swiss Beats, uh, you know, and Timbaland, they launched this thing called Versus. Obviously, he's also Alicia Keys' husband, one of the most incredible producers and uh, hip-hop figures. Anyway, he, came, he, he went on live, and you know what he said? He said that the people who created hip-hop are poor. They're not, they're, not, they're not in a position where we are all at. And he, he went on and was very, very controversial, said he wants to give a million dollars to the people who actually created the culture, right? Yeah, wow. Million, yeah, you know, like right. just out of... Yeah, because, you know, uh, so so it, it's kind of... You know, when, when you hear stuff like you just said right now and the fact that... Why is Jiu-Jitsu an Olympic sport? Have you ever, like... Any, um, what's the reason? So Jiu-Jitsu now is lined up to become uh, I heard an that. Olympic sport. Yeah. So they're changing a lot of rules, a lot of, you know. So when I compete in um, club and academy competitions, the rules are very different to the ones I compete in the national team. Mm. So I'm kind of like, okay, I have to remember now, you know, this is a, an Olympic style 
So the rules are very different. You can do a lot more. Um, I fight against different levels. Yes. Most of the time I fight higher belts, you know, someone who has maybe 15 more years experience than me, you know, so I go in thinking it's win-win. But the no. main the main thing is um, federations have a budget. So it really depends on the government of the country, you know. Uh. You know, mashallah here, you know, the players are doing really well and you see it because they're funded, you know, they, they, they're taken care of, mm. they have a, a physiotherapist, a, a personal trainer, they have a nutritionist, they have whatever funds they give them every month and there's prize money, you know, in Iraq, like when I became a world champion, I, I picked up the phone, I was like, hey, by the way, Wow. Like this happened. Um, and unfortunately, you know, like yeah, yeah. one of the saddest things that, you know, and I say this until now, I never want this to ever be repeated, is in the last world championship for Iraq, I got a silver medal and uh, I had no coach with me. The team left the day before because of their budget. So I was fighting a day after and I was fighting in the finals and... <laughs> one of the Bahraini uh, head of federation or whatever, like coach saw me and he was like, hey, where's your coach? And I was like, uh, would you mind lending me one? And he was like, of course. And I went in with a Bahraini coach wow. coaching me. And, and that broke my heart because that, as yeah. much as I loved, you know, that, that you know, what they did for me. Support. Yeah. But I should have had someone with me, like from my country, you know? And I'm sure that if I did, like, if I had my own coach who's been coaching me, who's Brazilian, Tiago Barreto, big up. <laughs> big up to you too. So I'm sure, like, if he was there, I could have, you know, got that gold medal. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I could have, you know, because I, at that point I needed support and help, and I needed that third eye of my coach to tell me, like, okay, this, because I made a very simple mistake. But unfortunately, you know, and this is, you know, from our work, it will change. And, you know, this topic we can sit here for the next four hours and talk about. But uh, Do you see yourself competing in the Olympics? Uh, yeah, I've always said, like, um, I want to, like, akhtim my career. Let's go. It's yeah. Like, that before Olympic. I, oh, I my God. You got to have fans like crazy. What a watch. Whatever right here, age like I'm at, I feel that, like, okay, I'm physically able I will definitely prepare to go and, and you know, it's always been a dream of mine. Um, I don't know if it's going to be in the next two years or the next four years, but I'm hoping before I'm 50 years old, I will get to go to the Olympics, you know. Um, but if not, just to see any Iraqi woman in the Olympics for me is just, it's the same, it would be the same feeling. I just had a vision of 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 just a vision, you know, of you. Uh, actually, if it's not even you, uh, you know, it's 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 that you know, it's that little girl who was inspired by you. She's on the podium. She's getting that Olympic medal, and she's like, "Shout out, Ashtar, my hero!" And then, because <laughs> uh, I think it's, uh, I think you will, fam. You will definitely, uh, you know. Inshallah, yeah. that's that's the goal. Wow, what a conversation with you. I mean, we can definitely, like you said. Yo, it's just crazy, fam. Like we can go on and on. Um, if there is, if there is one thing that you would want people to remember about Ashtar, what would it be and why? Um, 
limitless. Like, nice. Limitless. I, I want to be limitless and there are no limits. You know, I've been given limits to my race, my sex, my age, my country, you know, um, and none of that matters. It doesn't matter how old you are, what, you know, sex you are, where you're from, what religion you are, limitless. And, and that's what I want to be remembered by. Mm. I think I, I think that's, uh, again, that's, that's truly beautiful. Um, what, what are you working on now? Like in the next kind of, you know, kid of a couple of years or year, what can we expect with everything that's going on right now with obviously the, the, the COVID-19 situation limit maybe some people, um, but what can we expect in the next kind of few months? Uh, competition wise or? Co competition or even life. Like what are you doing right now in, in your, okay. what, what you know, in your daily life? I mean, uh, daily I'm, I'm training every day. You know, this is something that I haven't stopped. I'm not training jujitsu, but I'm just keeping like myself, you know, fit. So when I do go back in, I am able to compete. Um, I will be competing in the Europeans in World Championship. I think the next one, you know, inshallah, if this is over by September, I think it's Asians. Mm. Um, that's up next. So I'm, I'm going to be going into Asians um, out of competition. Uh, I'm working with the girls to finally set up a legit team mm -hmm. of girls that will start competing. So you will be seeing more Iraqi girls uh, holding up that flag, inshallah. inshallah. And we're just working on um, some basic things that were not already done for us uh, by our federations, i.e., you know, camps, training, support, you know just supporting each other. So you'll be seeing a lot more Iraqis coming in uh, and competing um, in the future, inshallah. Shout out to Iraq. A lot more happening, lot more happening on IQ Pro X. So I Shout just, out to IQ Pro Yeah, of course, we're gonna, we're gonna put that account right here. Um, fam, you, you've inspired me uh, a lot. And uh, after, you know, getting to hear you speak about your passion, uh, it, it, it's really amazing. With everything that goes on in your life, with the barriers that you had to overcome, it feels to me that you are, um, at the end of the day, like I started, one of our heroes. And the champ is here. You'll we'll, we'll so always much. be a champion in our hearts, I think. And uh, not only physically on, on the ground, but even the fact that you're pushing this mental thing, I really applaud you for that. Not a lot of people speak about this, fam. And we always want to portray that positive, oh, wow, rainbow picture. Um, and it's not always like that. So I think it takes a lot of guts and mashallah alaiki, um, you know. So much. Um, and thank you to you for like creating a safe space for people to talk about, you know, such subjects. I think it's really important to have people like you. Um, otherwise, this wouldn't be possible. Khaddam so, like I say, always, always. <laughs> Wallahi. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please support this sister. Um, that's her account right here. And uh, she is just just incredible. I can sit definitely ages to talk to you, fam. Khaddam um, Kumana, uh, shout out to Iraq and the building, uh, cradle of civilization. Uh, I, I wish one day I definitely, you know, go visit Iraq and maybe you know, with you and Narsi and Sandhu. Once this is over, we'll and, send you some dolma to the house. Oh, yeah. And, and Sandhil and, you know, the Shakumakus. There's a lot of amazing, incredible Iraqi artists, uh, people who are doing great. Um, Inshallah, we will all go in one hamla. We'll all ooh. go together that's for sure um thank you to everybody who, who who watched this incredible you know interview is going to be available on podcast as well peace and love and a star assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh
Thank you.